On today's episode of Locked On Oilers, the Oilers lose their third in a row in Nashville. What is the fourth line doing to help the Oilers and the good, the bad, and the ugly from the game in Nashville? All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers Podcast. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to start off with the tough overtime loss in Nashville's the Edmonton Oilers dropped their third straight Tough little patch here for the Oilers. We'll talk about that in just a second. But also on today's episode, the fourth line back together fully as Derek Ryan was dropped back down to that fourth line. But why is that line having a lot of success? And not only on the score sheet. I know they didn't get any points in this one recently, but they are having success away from the score sheet. And to wrap up today's episode, we are going to go through the good, the bad, and the ugly from the game against the Preds. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Alrighty, let's get into this one as the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime against those Predators. And the first loss the Oilers have faced against the Preds so far this year is the Oilers have absolutely dominated the Predators. But it was the Predators and this time kind of figuring it out. Trying to, about time. The Oilers played the Preds last week and they absolutely took them to town. Leon Dreisaitl becoming the mayor of Smashville, but they wouldn't allow it in this one as they held Leon Dreisaitl pointless. They were very hard on Leon, very hard on Connor. They had the set uh, line that was going to play against Connor and Leon and they did their job. Matthias Ekholm was fantastic against uh, the Oilers in this one, getting a goal, a lot of uh, uh, opportunities for him to score, not only after he scored his first one, but he was also playing top minutes against the Edmonton Oilers top guys. And it was successful in this one. As uh, mentioned, Leon Dreisaitl, no points. Connor McDavid getting two assists in this one. So technically still keeping the the run going against the Preds, but not as dominant in this one. As he only adds two points to those 18 that both Connor and Leon already have against the Predators this year. Ten of those coming from Leon Dreisaitl by himself. However, it was Yessa Pugliarvi starting the scoring for the Oilers as he scores his first goal in 26 games. A very good game for Pugliarvi and that third line in general. As after most goals, that third line was the first line to come out and take that face off and start to set the tone for the Oilers in the next shift. And that was important. Holloway playing... Uh, Minutes that he's not exactly used to in the NHL. He was third-line center tonight against those Predators. Had uh, Warren Fogle in this uh, in this one, excuse me, on his left side. And uh, Pugliarvi, who again scored his first goal. Had a really good game, all three of them. Really kept their legs going. And something that I really noticed against the Anaheim Ducks and was very happy to see with Warren Fogle back in the lineup is the Oilers have legs again. It, it, 
Warren Fogle is a fantastic skater and just is a skater who really keeps his legs moving at all times and makes it difficult on the opposition. That's what he did against the Predators in this one and against the Ducks in his first game back. I really like what that third line did for the Oilers in this game. Again, the team or the line that... Jay Woodcroft consistently came back to after a goal, whether that was for the Oilers or for the Predators. It was that third line who was taking that next face-off. And if it wasn't the, the ensuing face-off, it was the one afterwards, whether that was in the offensive zone or the defensive zone. They really brought energy for the Oilers and gave them a chance to win this game. Not only a chance to win this game, but also to beat UC Soros themselves. They got a goal with Yesapoli They had a very good cycle game. They were communicative. They were able to get shots on Soros, and one of them was able to beat him. And uh, good on Woodcroft on going back to them numerous times and giving them that opportunity. It also allows the Oilers to run four consecutive lines and run them with confidence. So uh, a big ups to that third line of uh, Warren Fogle. Ryan McLeod, not Ryan McLeod, excuse me, Dylan Holloway. I was saying Ryan McLeod, and as I was saying it, I knew that was wrong. I just missed my boy Clowder. And yes, uh, uh, a As yes, a scores his first goal in 26 games. But we've gotten this far in this podcast without even mentioning. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with two goals on the night, massive two goals, as he scored back-to-back in this one for the Oilers, one off the post and in a beautiful shot, and one where he just found the puck in a a scrum, managed to get it through uh, this absolute mess in front of the net and uh, helped the Oilers tie the game again. All three of those goals helped the Oilers tie the game at that point. But the Oilers never in this game led. Jack Campbell got his first start in a couple of games in this one as uh, he saw 31 of 35. Jack Campbell has been fantastic or was fantastic in this one. We'll talk a little bit more about Campbell a little later on in this episode, but great performance by Jack Campbell. Just gave the Oilers every possible opportunity to win in this one. And even on the uh, uh, goal in overtime, you can't really blame him on that one. Bad change by uh, Kyler Yamamoto as uh, Connor McDavid came onto the ice late. Two-on-one the other way, a fantastic finish by Carrier. Tyson Berry had nothing to do. Both Tyson Berry and Jack Campbell were left for dead in that one, so really not much the Oilers could do. Well, not much that Jack Campbell could do in that one. Were some of the goals on Jack Campbell a little shaky? Mm, Yes. And it's unfortunate because all the goals on Jack Campbell were ones that he could see. A point, two point shots. Uh, One was the uh, rebound from Ekholm that he found, but that was a bad rebound. Eh, You know what? It wasn't. 100% on Campbell on that rebound, but you have to control your rebounds better and uh, at home converted on the first goal. But either way, that was the unfortunate thing because Jack Campbell in the saves that it looked impossible, Jack Campbell was making those saves, big pad saves down the stretch, keeping the Oilers in the game. So all ups to Jack Campbell. The Edmonton Oilers fall to uh, 17-14-2 on the season as they have lost three straight 
Two of those games have been in overtime. All three of them have been decided by a goal. One of them against the lowly Anaheim Ducks. A tough skid for the Oilers here. as It's going to get even more difficult as on Wednesday, they head to Dallas for a 7.30 puck drop and an absolute battle in Texas as they play the Dallas Stars. Jason Robertson scoring his 24th goal of the season, I believe, in this one as well. As uh, once again, 7.30 puck drop in that one. Expecting Stuart Skinner, by the way, haven't even mentioned that Stuart Skinner did sign a uh, contract extension of multiple years, three years on that one, I believe 2.6 off the top of my head for his deal. Congratulations to Stewie as he deserves it. And uh, I'm sure he will get his first game on that, not on the new contract, but after signing the new contract on Wednesday. Either way, let's move into that fourth line. I talked a lot about the third line as they did get a goal, but that fourth line has been doing something that no other line for the Edmonton Oilers so far this year has been doing. What is that? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using AG1 because I wanted to better my gut health. I have I have a big gut here. Plus, I wanted to optimize my immune system because I don't always put the best stuff in my body when I should. But when I use AG1, that certainly helps with it. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your immune system, your nervous system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, your aging, all of the things. All of the things. Plus, it's also lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, daily free, dairy free, excuse me, not daily free. You should be eating daily <laughs> and gluten free. It doesn't matter. It is good for you either way. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial flavoring, all while still tasting great plus it costs less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit yeah i would know because i'm still drinking all of that cold brew and my bank account is hurting anyways athletic greens is has over seven thousand five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of, in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements just to look out for your health. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Alrighty, moving on to the fourth line of the Edmonton Oilers as Clem Costin, Devin Shore, and Derek Ryan have played together once again. And they've played very well together as Jay Woodcroft has been vocal in the past about how much he likes this line and how the Edmonton Oilers really benefit from having a line that can really do it all in their own end, run a cycle in the offensive end, and have a transition game to them. And a lot of that has to do with the acquisition of Clem Costin as he has been fantastic in the bottom six for the Edmonton Oilers supplying some grit, supplying some skills, supplying some speed, and especially to a line that doesn't, not necessarily lacks it, as Devin Shore is a very underrated skater, same with Derek Ryan, but it's just kind of that missing piece that that fourth line really needed. However, there's something that this fourth line that they're doing that no other line on the Edmonton Oilers currently are, currently is, something like that. Either way, their defensive game is what really separates the fourth line from any other Edmonton Oiler on this team right now. And why Jay Woodcroft trusts this fourth line so much and really why I am sick and tired of hearing all the people, especially on Twitter, going, take Devin Shore out of the lineup, God. Uh, if th- this lineup would be so much better if Devin Shore wasn't in the lineup. Really? Because uh, what's the number one issue for the Edmonton Oilers right now? Defense? Preventing the other team from scoring goals? You know who's not having an issue with that? Anyone on the fourth line, especially Devin Shore. As we know, my favorite advanced stat is that goals against and goals for per 60 minutes. And we're going to take a look at that goals against per 60 minutes because what that fourth line does, what nobody else, again, on this team can do. Clem Costin, at 5-on-5, five five, his uh, goals against per 60 minutes sits at a 1.18, which is good for second on the Edmonton Oilers. He's second to Devin Shore, as Devin Shore currently has a 1.1 goals against per 60 minutes heading into this game against the Nashville Predators at 5-on-5. Five five. And then Derek Ryan, yeah, he sits fourth on the Edmonton Oilers and goals against per 60 minutes at a 1.93. That is all at 5-on-5, and that is when, obviously, this line is playing together. Not the most, but that is when this line is playing together, because that only makes sense, 5-on-5, 5-on-5, whatever. But this line 
also does other things. Both Derek Ryan and Devin Shore are monumental parts of the Edmonton Oilers penalty kill. Does Clem Costin play a lot in other situations? No, but he certainly could. I think he is a very good player in his own end. He could spend a lot of time on the Oilers penalty kill, and the Oilers would really benefit from it. So in all situations... Derek Ryan is the one who sits the lowest amongst the Edmonton Oilers in all situations. As you have to think, as mentioned, he was he is also on the Oilers penalty kill. He's also of the three spent the most time on different lines as well, mostly with the third line. He's had some spurts with the second line as well. So he has also unfortunately been victim of other lines that has adjusted this uh, goals against per 60 minutes. But Derek Ryan is currently 12th on the team in goals against per 60 minutes at 3.05 in all situations. As mentioned, he's played on the power or penalty kill, all those different situations, hasn't played always with the fourth line. But Devin Shore and Clem Costin sits first and second on the Edmonton Oilers when it comes to goals against per 60 minutes. Uh, Devin Shore currently sitting at a 1.51, who is second on the the team and Clem Costin has a 1.17. That is why the Edmonton Oilers fourth line is so important. They prevent the other team from scoring. They are difficult to play against in their own end. They don't give the opposition a lot of passing lanes and they pressure the puck carrier on heavy touches. This fourth line has given the Oilers a chance to win more often than you really think. Because you have quality players in your bottom six now going up against the top players of the other team. That is important, especially when you're playing away from home. That is going to be the matchup, especially when you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. The opposition is going to put out their best shutdown line against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So that leaves open the top line in general or the better skill lines or offensive lines for the opposition for this fourth line for the Edmonton Oilers. And... Obviously, right now, as a line at 5-on-5, five five, they sit 1st, 2nd, and 4th at goals against per 60 minutes. Giving a rest for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the top 6 for the Oilers and Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Kyler Yamamoto. But it also gives the Oilers trust in the back end, and especially at a time where the Edmonton Oilers are failing to do so. That fourth line gives you confidence. So, I don't, again, don't want to hear any more of this. Devin Shore needs to go out of the lineup, blah, blah, blah. No. What he is doing is much better than what anybody is giving him credit for. Either way, let's move on to the good, the bad, and the ugly to wrap up today's episode against the Nashville Predators. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On take of the day locked on sports today available on youtube and wherever you find your podcasts 
Alrighty, let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly from tonight's game against the Nashville Predators. The Edmonton Oilers, again, they came back three times, couldn't put them away in overtime as the Preds win 4-3 in OT. But the good from this game is Jack Campbell. Yes, he did allow four goals, but again, he gave the Oilers every possible chance to win this game massive saves not only in the third period but in the second period in the first period every time it looked like nashville were just going to then take that extra step on the oilers jack campbell said mm -mm, no sir i'm gonna stop you on the back door I'm going to stop you when you think I'm on the opposite post. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to make it difficult on you to win this game and put this game away. And he did. Again, he gave the Oilers every possible chance to win. Connor and Leon held scoreless in this one. Goalless in this one. As uh, mentioned, Leon draws settled pointless and two assists for McDavid. But Campbell, 31 saves on 34, uh, 35 shots, excuse me, fired towards him. 29 saves at 5-on-5. Five five. Now, the bad for the Oilers is the tempo, as the Edmonton Oilers were never really able to get into any sort of rhythm in this game Yes, they allowed the first goal of the game, then they're fighting from behind, and then they fall behind again, and then you have to put out your lines to help you get that lead again, and then play an even hockey game, and try and get the game back into your hands, and then all of a sudden you're having a bunch of giveaways like Darnell Nurse late in the game, and Leon Dreisaitl late, uh, in the second period, lapses in uh, communication, which almost lead to opportunities extended periods of time in your own end and then getting it into the Nashville end and then not really getting too much going and then you get some sort of momentum going and then you take a penalty or UC Soros just really did play well for the Nashville Predators but again the Predators were just able to really mess up the Edmonton Oilers tempo and take this game out of the Oilers hands so the bat in this one for the Edmonton Oilers their tempo and finally the ugly for the Oilers is their inability to take the lead the score line in this game went from 1-0 Preds to 1-1 then 2-1 Preds to 2-2 then 3-2 Preds to 3-3 and then in overtime Carrier wins it 4-3 for the Predators the Edmonton Oilers were just almost there to take the lead and then they couldn't then they gave up the lead then they bring it back and then uh, can they do it again no and then can they take a power play goal here no and it was just down the toilet for the Edmonton Oilers as they weren't able to take a lead at any point in this one and the Edmonton Oilers lose their third straight losing both at home and now the first of another road trip for the Oilers again the good the bad and the ugly from this game against the Predators the good Jack Campbell 31 saves on 35 shots gave the Oilers every ample possible opportunity 
to win this one in Nashville. The bad, the tempo from the Oilers as they just weren't able to find any sort of rhythm in the game, gave up the first goal and just was never really able to come back from that one. And the ugly, the inability to take the lead as the Edmonton Oilers tie it up three times but can't win it in overtime. Let's wrap it up there as the Edmonton Oilers head off to Dallas on Wednesday. They have a 7.30 puck drop in Texas. They continue the trip before Christmas here. Who can't wait for Christmas? I can't. Either way, let's wrap it up there, everybody. Hopefully, at the end of the Dallas game, we can all play La Bamba, baby.